Hey, New Hope Church, I want to welcome all of you. I want to welcome all of our campus locations. Uh, my name is George Franco. I'm one of the pastors here at New Hope, um, but I am not the pastor. Our senior pastor, Benji Kelly, is away on sabbatical, and he's only a few short weeks from being back. September 10th is his first uh, weekend back with us. And uh, I was with him this week, and he is so excited to come back. I'm telling you what, you're not going to want to miss the tent because he's got a message for us, and it's exciting. But I have the unique opportunity to uh, announce our speaker today in the Blessed Life series. Uh, he is a great friend of Pastor Benji's. He's one of our New Hope family. He's been here at New Hope since the beginning. I think they started attending the seventh service at New Hope. So you talk about a long-time New Hoper. Our speaker today is that. He uh, did our first capital campaign. He was one of the first mission trip leaders. He um, helped build the Durham campus. Him and his wife, Cheryl, helped launch the Garner campus. So Garner, give him a big shout out when he takes the stage. He's a successful businessman. He, uh, he started a five, Fortune 500 company. He has been uh, named as a finalist in the Carolinas Entrepreneur of the Year. Uh, he was a chief marketing officer for a company. His credentials go so far and so long, I couldn't mention them all. But about four years ago, um, God began this amazing work in his heart, and he decided to change his path, and he said, I've been successful, but I want to have a life of significance, and he started an organization. It's the world's largest anti-slavery abolitionist movement that's out there. It's called Freedom United. His goal is to impact 10 million people in 10 years, and we're going to hear more about that very shortly. And so I want you to welcome a longtime New Hoper, one of our own family, Joe Schmidt, to the stage. Come on, Joe. Bring it. Thanks, bro. Awesome. Love Thanks, you. Love you. Thank you. Thank you. It is so good to be here. Hi, everybody. Hi. Hi. How many of y'all, I, I appreciate that y'all giving me love, but like how many of you actually know me? Yeah, lots of people. I got, I got family here. That makes me feel good. Um, look, I speak a lot uh, all over the place, um, but I never have people who, who bring my stuff out for me. Like, like, this, like, they ask me, would you like one water or two? And, and, and I've got, I'm, I'm coming off a sinus infection, so two was nice, right? Um, the, the servant's here. So, so give it up for George Franco, our executive pastor. So how many of y'all heard George's message last week? Show of hands. So George's message absolutely blew my mind um, last week on a, on a couple of topics. One, um, he talked about how we are to be not reservoirs, but we are to be what? Bless him. Rivers. That's right. You hear that, George? They heard you, brother. We are to be rivers. I love that. <clears throat> but that's, that's not, uh, uh, that was good. But the thing that really blew my mind, literally blew my mind, is that George said that he was from Indiana. That's not funny. Because <clears throat> I'm from Indiana. And in fact, George and I grew up about five minutes from one another. We didn't know this. And second, at the age of 10, I too blew myself up on a compost pile. Seriously, like this is a true story. I blew myself up on a compost pile. Now, I, my, my burns weren't as bad as George's. I, I, I did end up in a burn unit. All the hair on my, on my arms were gone. My eyebrows were gone. My hair, whatever. 
it, it, wa- it was gone. You'll, I'll actually prove I had hair in, in a minute. <clears throat> and, um, but, but here's the difference. So th- then there are some differences between George and I. So George's daddy, who was a farmer, um, told him, do you remember what he said? He says, do as I say, not as I That's right. My daddy handed me the match. (laughs) Like literally, my dad handed me the match. He was like, check this out, man. It's going to be awesome. Um, So, so, and and then boom. uh, You know, my my mom was actually on the back porch and she's watching this. She's going, no, 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 no. Don't let him boom. And then, and then I I blew up. Um, So, so anyway, so, so that's, that's the difference between, that's one of the differences between George and I. The second difference is that, um, is that George is a, an incredible pastor and preacher and teacher of God's word, and I am, I am not. Um, so this, this, is where, this is the part where I gain credibility with the audience. So, so I'm, I'm a business guy. Um, I'm an entrepreneur, business guy. I've had the honor of serving this church for 16 years um, in a lot of different capacities. Um, thank you for that. Um, uh, but it, but it is, really, it has been my honor. Uh, the, the coolest part about serving this church is that, is that I got to become uh, best buddies with your senior pastor. Um, and, when, and when I say buddies, it, um, and, and this, this isn't a bragging thing, it just happened. Like, he's one of my boys, like, like he's my pastor, but he, he's like one of my boys. Like, like we fish and we hunt together and our families have Thanksgiving together. Like he's one of my boys. And, and the reason why I'm up here today is because he knows that I have been on a journey in my life over the past four to six years. And he wanted me to share my experience of what that journey has looked like with you. Um, so, but, but because I am not a professional preacher, uh, I need prayer. So, no, seriously, like, I, I need prayer, because I'm nervous. I, I don't get nervous when I speak, typically, but, like, I'm nervous, because, you know, up here, up here, they, they, they invite you to do this, and, and you know what my job is. My job, my job is to bring the inspired word of God. No big deal, right? <laughs> it, 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 I mean, it, anybody can bring the inspired word of God, so, like, so I, I need to bring that. So we're, we're going to start in prayer, and, and any time during this message, Y'all can just start praying, praying for Joe. Joe, it's a simple name. Just pray for Joe as I'm doing this. Um, let's, let's dive right into it. God, <clears throat> God, I, I ask that you protect these people. I ask that you protect them from anything that comes out of my mouth that is not of you. God, I, I pray that you protect them from any lack of my ability to communicate. Protect them from any baggage that I'm carrying into this message. Protect them from what Satan would do to this message. Protect them from all of those things. I pray that this church hears today what is of you and that you would give me the eloquence to communicate it. God, I hope this message sparks a fire in this church. We thank you for being a good, good father. And we love you in Jesus' name. And all God's people said, Amen. <laughs> I love that. Um, you know, normal people don't get to do that. That all God's people said. Th- Let's do it again. All God's people said, Amen. <laughs> 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 
<laughs> I might do that a couple of times just because it's cool. I'm just saying, it's cool. Like, that's a little addictive. So, so our topic today is extravagance. Everyone say extravagance. 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 So definition of extravagance. Let's see that. The definition of extravagance is exceeding what is reasonable or appropriate or absurd. That's an interesting definition of extravagance, isn't it? So where I grew up in the Midwest, extravagance, uh, extravagance wasn't always a good thing. Extravagance was, was something that would come up when, when, when gossip was going on, right? So like they're being a little extravagant with that car. Like, or have you seen the new house? It's a little extravagant. Or he's drinking those Bud Lights extravagantly. <laughs> or or in, in my world, it was Natty Lights or Pabst. Uh, those Pabst are going down extravagant. But, but the, Bible, the, the Bible warns us of all of that extravagance. But what I'm going to try to do today is I'm going to present to you an argument, a case that extravagance was invented by God, perfected by God, and we are called to live extravagantly. I truly believe this. So I figured if I am to bring the inspired word of God, I'm going to lean on the inspired word of God. So everybody get your Bibles out because I'm going to take you on a scavenger hunt. We're going to go on a scavenger. We're going to look at a bunch of stories in the Bible and we're going to look at them fast because these people think that they're going to give me 30 minutes to speak. And honestly, I have never done anything in 30 minutes. <clears throat> I can't shower in 30 minutes. I can't fall asleep in 30 minutes. I can't do anything in 30 minutes, almost anything in 30 minutes. Okay, so uh, we're gonna go on a little scavenger hunt. We're, we're looking for three small words in three pieces of scripture. And we're gonna start here with Luke 10. Luke 10, 25, great story. Who likes the story of the Good Samaritan? Great story, right? I'm gonna read it to you. On one occasion, an expert of the law stood up to test Jesus. He said, teacher, what must I do to inherit eternal life? Bam! Favorite question of the Bible. Right? Like if you were there in all this, like that would be my question. Like I would just walk up to the man, God, and say, what do I need to do? I love that question. Anyway, we skip that too much. And, and Jesus says brilliantly, just like my parents would have done, he answers the question with a question. Uh, what is written in the law? And he replied, how do you read it? And he answered, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your, with all your strength, and with all your mind. And love your neighbor as, that's right, he wraps it up right there, ties it in a bow. That's what you do. You've answered correctly, Jesus replied. Do this and you will live. But the teacher of the law wanted to get a little snippy. And so he says, well, who is my neighbor? Right? He wants to figure out, who am I supposed to be loving? Because you can't quite mean everybody. And Jesus then tells a story. A man was going down from Jerusalem to Jericho when he was attacked by robbers. They stripped him of his clothes, beat him, and went away, leaving him half dead. A priest, I'm an old Catholic. Now, I knew priests who would have actually stopped. I'm just, I'm just throwing that out there. I'm not a Catholicator. But a priest walked down, walked on the other side of the road, away from the man, and went by him. So too a Levite who came to the place and saw him pass by on the other side. But a Samaritan, as he traveled, came where the man was, and when he saw him, he took pity on him. He went to him, 
He bandaged his wounds. He poured oil and wine on them. Then he put the man on his very own donkey, brought him to an inn, and took care of him there. The next day, he took out two denarii and gave them to the innkeeper. Said to the innkeeper, I want you to look after him, he said. And when I return, I will reimburse you for any extra expense you may have. Jesus then says, which of these three do you think was a neighbor to the man who fell to the hands of the robbers? The expert in the law replied, the one who had mercy on him. So what I want us to do is I, I want us to search out my first, my first word in our little scavenger hunt. And it's a tiny word that happened right there at the end of that message, at the end of that story. Does anybody pick up what it was? Starts with A, three letters, any. He said, I will cover any expense. Everybody say any. Any expense. Okay, so I want to tell you a quick story. So when I was a young man, I looked much better than I do now. Um, I'm just saying, my, my wife, so, if, and I brought a picture to prove that. We got that there? <laughs> what do you think of that? That is what my wife married. And, oh, bless her heart. Young people, look at your, at your girlfriend, your boyfriend's parents, and you need to make an assessment. <laughs> so anyway, I'm <laughs> okay. So uh, come on, come on, come on, come on. So 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 what what I, what I really want you to focus. I have this is ridiculous. I'm showing you this picture. What what I really want you to focus on is that jacket. You, you see that jacket? So so that jacket. That was one of those jackets that that it was it was uh, uh you guys uh, op anybody in op Ocean Pacific? Yeah, baby. That was a white Ocean Pacific windbreaker. Okay, I had that bad boy on. I'm riding my bike across campus in college. I'm riding my bike. I got that thing on, and, and I'm, I'm going through a neighborhood, and a girl's on her bike riding towards me, and, and we're getting closer and closer, and we're both making a turn, and she decides that the best way to avoid me is to slam into me. Okay, <laughs> tire to tire slam into me. Now, because I wear such awesome clothes... I also have on cool Wayfarer sunglasses, right? Her forehead hits my Wayfarer sunglasses. And I don't know if you can see it, but I have a scar right here across this eyebrow to this day. And my nose got split open. And so I fall to the ground. She falls to the ground. I jump up. I run over to her. She's ah, crying on the side. I pick her up. And, and she's like, oh, my head. You know, she's got like a little bump on her head. Uh, mercy, I'm gonna, uh, pouring mercy, extravagant mercy. But anyway, like, it was a bump. And, and then she looks at me and she starts screaming. And, and then I look at me and I start screaming because I got two head cuts, right? And my white, I, I'm screaming because I've ruined my OPJ, I don't care about, but then I started to feel a little sick because there's a lot of blood. Anyway, a van stops right next to us. 
Back doors pop open to the van. All of a sudden, somebody jumps out of the van. Pick up my bike, throw it in the back. Another person picks up the bike, throws it in the back. Picks me up, gets me in the back of the van. Gets her in the back of the van. Closes the door, takes off. Drives us to the emergency room. Pulls in the emergency room parking lot. Opens up the door, takes us into the emergency room. Gets us in there, hands us, hands us to the doctors. And then disappears. That's right. Is that amazing? Like that is a good Samaritan story, right? No, y'all. Like, that was a nice thing to do. But that is not what Jesus Christ is calling us to do. You see, Jesus, if, if she would have walked into that hospital, and, she, and I'm not taking anything away from this amazing person. I'm just trying to tell you guys what we're called to do literally in God's word. If she would have walked into that hospital and said, doctors, doctors, I don't care if they have Obamacare, Trump care, Blue Cross Blue Shield, anything. I will pay for everything that it takes to care for these two beautiful young people. And I will stay right here until they're well. I will do anything, anything to love these two people. That's what Christ is describing in the story of the Good Samaritan. It's crazy. That's an extravagant thing. It was, it was crazy for her to pick us up. But God's calling us to go well beyond that. All right, so any, any is our first word. Second, I'm going to move to Luke 21, 1 to 4. As Jesus looked up, I love this story. As Jesus looked up, he saw the rich putting their gifts into the temple treasury. He also saw a poor widow put in two very small copper coins. Truly, I tell you, he said, This widow has put more than all the others. All these people gave their gifts out of their wealth, but she, out of her poverty, put in all. Have you ever caught that before? Put in all she had. That's our second word for the day. She put in all she had. She didn't have 20 other coins and she was tithing, right? This was not her biblical tithe. She gave all she had. That's extravagant. Next one, Luke 15, we're going to prodigal son. Prodigal son, uh, one of the greatest stories of the Bible, one of our pastor's favorite stories. I'm going to summarize some of it for you because, you know, like I said, they only give me uh, uh, 30 minutes. So so two guys, uh, wealthy father, one of them wants his money and wants to go party in, uh, in Vegas. And so, so he, he gets his money, he goes off to Vegas, he does whatever it is that you do in Vegas um, and, and, and whatever. And so he loses it all, comes back home, totally broke, and, and here's, here's, where, here's where we pick up on the story. Um, he says, but while he was still a long way off, his father saw him and was filled with compassion for him. He ran to his son, threw his arms around him, And kissed him, and the son said to his father, Father, I have sinned against heaven and against you. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. And the father said, Quick, bring the best robe and put it on him. Put a ring on his finger and sandals on his feet. Bring the fattened calf and kill it. Let's have a feast and celebrate. For this son of mine was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found. So they began to celebrate. He didn't say, 
my boy is disgustingly dirty. Like somebody wash him up and put some clothes on him. What did he say? He said, bring the what? Everybody say best. He said, bring the best. He said, kill the fattened calf. Fattened calves, those were for like, they were saving them for the greatest moments of all time. This is extravagant behavior by these people in the Bible that Jesus is telling us about over and over and over again. And you guys, it keeps going. Zacchaeus, you remember Zacchaeus? Zacchaeus was a wee little man, and a wee little man was he. (laughs) My daughter's talked me into putting that in. Zacchaeus, Zacchaeus says, after he meets Jesus, he says, look, Lord, here and now I give half of all of my possessions to the poor, and if I've cheated anybody out of anything, I will pay them back what? Four times what I took from them. Why? Why? It, 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 that's absurd. Why not one plus interest? I'd say one plus 10 points is good with me. T- 10%, right? Four times. I'm going to pay them back 400. Anybody remember seven times 70? Like crazy. These are absurd, extravagant numbers. Um, Mary, Mary breaking the jar of nard. Nard is such a crummy word, but, but nard means perfume, right? Broke perfume over Jesus' feet. The perfume was worth a year's wages that they could have lived on, and she broke it and poured it on his feet. That is extravagant. It's ridiculous. It doesn't make sense. It's inappropriate for the situation. These are the stories of the Bible, See, I would argue, let, let's, let's go back to the Good Samaritan story for a moment. So in the beginning of the Good Samaritan story, Jesus told the guy that there are two things we got to do to follow him and have eternal life. One, love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, strength, right? Two, love your neighbor as, that's right. He told him what we are to do to be followers of Jesus Christ. I would argue that the rest of Jesus' teachings and the rest of his life, he was showing us how to do it. He told us what to do, and then he was showing us how to do it. And he was telling us to do it extravagantly. Over the top, folks. Now, Extravagance, I would argue, was invented by God, perfected by God. Three things, quick. Creation. Insane. God could have made a rock with a goat on it and stuck two people on it and said, good luck with it. Right? Like, but it was like this garden. It was awesome. It had everything you could ever want in it. It was unbelievable, and he kept saying, this is good, this is good, this is good. Was God saying this is good because it was good for God? No. He was saying it was good for us. It was extravagant. Uh, Sending Christ to earth to be murdered and crucified on a cross in order for him to get our attention. His son, who he loved more than anything in the world, murdered, bloodied, torn up. Have you seen the passion? You, you think about the passion and the, 
the pain that his son went through so that God could get us back. Extravagant. Grace. Grace. I believe grace is the most extravagant gift of all. Grace took me a long time. So as a a Christian, it's taken me a while to get a handle on grace. I I, I love this. I I put it up here. Um, This is is a definition of grace by uh, Janine Cunyon. She, she says, grace is God's unwavering love, God's unrestrained affection, God's unconditional acceptance, God's unending forgiveness, and all mine, all yours in Christ. Amen, everybody. Give me an amen on that. You hear those words? Unwavering unrestrained, unconditional, unending. Those are words of extravagance. God is just pouring on us. And we have to figure out how are we gonna react to this? Do you believe what God has done for you in your life is extravagant? Yes. Everybody say any. Everybody say all. Everybody say best. Those are easy words to say. So, so about four years ago, my wife and I were invited to a free weekend. Hmm. That's right, free weekend. So somebody's gonna sell you a condo. Um, this was a free weekend to talk about generosity. They invited us to a free weekend to talk about generosity. And, and it was, it was free. And, um, and, and on this weekend, they, we, there was an amazing teacher there and he asked me that question. He said, Joe, do you believe what God has done in your life is extravagant? And my answer was exactly what y'all's was. <laughs> yes, I mean, between the good and the bad and the ups and the downs and the crap that we deal with, but, but yes, it's ridiculously extravagant. But then he asked me this question. When was the last time you did something extravagant for God. This was a hard one for me because I was doing a pretty good job. Like, I was a pretty good guy. I served New Hope, I served my employees, I was a pretty good dad, I'm a mediocre husband but trying, but like, like I'm trying here, but this extravagance, my extravagance in comparison to God's extravagance, my answer was no. I I don't know. I, I don't know if I've ever done anything extravagant for God, ever. Not, not like these people in the Bible four times, Seven times 70. Any and all and best. If we're to be extravagant for God, it doesn't mean 10%. It just doesn't mean 10%. It doesn't mean 12%. It doesn't mean this is mine, God. And this stuff over here, you can have. It doesn't mean let me take inventory of all the cool stuff I got. 
And then this is the stuff, this is my 401k that I like saved up for. But the rest of it, yeah, we can, we can tithe off that. Right? This is, this is my house. I worked hard for it. But God, you can have this piece of something. It's our any and our all and our best. This is a mindset that makes the change that says it's all God's. It is all his. He extravagantly gave you everything you have. Your clothes, your shoes, your person, who you are, your gifts, your talents. God extravagantly poured it on you and it is our job to extravagantly give it back. That is what we are called to do. Luke 6 says something nuts. Luke 6 says, if someone slaps you on a cheek, turn the other one to them. If someone takes your coat, do not withhold your shirt. Literally, you get mugged over the streets of South Point. Somebody steals your coat, you say, hey, bro, whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> Hold on, this, I just bought this. This, thing, this, thing, this thing's nice. Like, you, you, need, you need this shirt. Like, like, that's crazy, people. You, are, are you guys tracking with me here? Like, like, God is calling us to be absurd for him. So, how do we do it? How do we do it? I, I want to I wrap up by giving you three, three ways that we do it. And, and these are all three things that I've been challenged with. Number one, tithe. All right, now that sounds a little different, right? Because just a second ago, I said 10% wasn't enough. See, tithing is not about 10%. I believe that extravagant generosity does not end with the tithe. It begins with the tithe. You can write that one down. That's an important one. It does not end with the tithe. It begins with the tithe. What the tithe does is it gives you financial freedom over the thing that can control us the most, which is our money. Once you tithe then you can be extravagant, but not until you tithe. So tithe. It, this took Cheryl and I a while. Cheryl's my wife. It, it actually wasn't until Hope Rising that she and I finally stepped out in extravagance financially for the first time in our lives. We were tithers. And man, I, I, thought, I, thought, we were, I thought we were crazy generous. But like, it was before I started figuring all this stuff out. And so, so for us, Hope Rising, Hope Rising, which, did anybody get their statements this week? Yeah, I got my statement. It's still painful to me. Um, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not, I know we're supposed to be, uh, what is it, uh, joy, what, what? Yeah, cheerful givers. I, I, see, I bury that. I, I don't even, even want to remember it. <laughs> but, but anyway. So, so for, for us, you know, we prayed for a number and prayed for a number. Anybody else pray for a number of what you should give for Hope Rising? That's right. We prayed for it, and we came up with our number, and we had our number, and then we started studying all of this, and we said, you know what? <laughs> we have to double it. And, and, that's, and that's, that's not a brag. I'm, 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 not, I'm not boasting. But we doubled our number, and it hurts <laughs> And it's hard, but God has been faithful the whole way. God has been faithful the whole way, and it's been a beautiful journey. And, and, and I, I still don't love getting those statements, but, but, but I know that those statements are, are, are bringing y'all here. It's changing lives all over the world because of those statements. So it's a beautiful thing. Second, choose your advisors wisely. 
Choose your advisors wisely. Two points here. If you hang out with people, my, my dad, my dad, the one who blew me up with the match. <clears throat> my dad used to always say, show me your friends and I'll show you your future. Amen. My kids hate that saying. Show me your friends and I'll show you your future. If you hang out with people who are striving every day for the gain and glory of themselves, how can they cheer you on as you focus on the gain and the glory of God Almighty? How? You, you, you can't. You need people in your life who will call you on your crap. You need people in your life who will speak truth into it. You need people in your life, when you're getting that tug at your heart where God is calling you to be extravagant, they will say, get out on the limb because the fruit is the best out there. We need those kind of people in our lives. Third, third, get out there. Get out there. We have to get out in the world. We have to serve. We have to do things. We've gotten complacent and lazy. I do it all the time, folks. For some of us, it means mission trips. For some of us, it means serving on Sunday mornings at New Hope. For some of us, it means joining the, the North Durham campus it's about to launch. It's gonna be awesome. Go do that. I've done two of those. They're mind-blowing. Go join the North Durham campus. It's gonna be incredible. For some of us, it means getting to know the people at work that you avoid all day long, that you don't wanna get to know because you already got friends at church. For those of you who are business owners, get to know your employees. I know that's crazy. Like know them. Yes, you may have to fire them someday. Seriously, like that, that used to scare me to death. I didn't want to become friends with people who I might fire. But get to know them, love them. There are places to be extravagant all around us in the world today. I, I, I want to close, I, I want to come back to the story of the Good Samaritan for a second because I left one particular part out. Jesus says, which of these three do you think was a neighbor to the man who fell into the hands of the robbers? And the expert of the law said, the one who had mercy on him then Jesus says something incredibly important right at the end. He says this. We are called to go and do likewise. And remember, this is the story where he said, any expense. He didn't run out of the hospital before anybody caught him. He said, any expense. You know, George spoke last week about us being rivers, not reservoirs. See, I believe that this book, if we believe that this book is true, if we believe that the teachings of Jesus Christ are what we want to follow, that river cannot be a babbling brook. That river, that river is called to be a roaring, loud, gushing, five-class 
rapid kind of river that is so out of control because we love people so freaking much and we care for people and we don't care if they're like us we don't care if they're different than us we just love them and we pour extravagance on them and we give to them and we and, and, and people are so blown away by Christians that they want to jump in the river that's that's what Jesus is teaching us he says love god and love your neighbor and then do it crazy extravagantly stop worrying so much and love people with everything you have friends if the bible is our guide i pray i pray i pray that no one in this church would ever be at a loss for words when asked the question when was the last time you did something extravagant for God. Let's pray. Extravagant Father, we ask for courage in our hearts this morning. There are many of us here in your house who Decided to follow you a long time ago, but we've become complacent and tired. We come to church on the weekends and we do our own things during the weeks. We've created buckets of what's yours, buckets of what's ours. I would pray today would mark a turning point for many of us who would decide to get on the road and start traveling just like, just like, the Samaritan was moving to Jericho. Just like the widow was at church. Just like the father was standing on his front porch, staring out into the nothingness, waiting on his son. And we would begin the adventure of responding to you with the same kind of extravagance that we all just agreed you show us over and over and over again. God, there are people sitting in this room right now who have a yes sitting on their lips of something that, they've, that you've called them to do of extravagance. They've got it sitting there. It's right behind their mouth and they have not been able to let it out. I would pray that you give them the courage to do so. I would pray that you surround them with people in their lives who would say, go for it. Be a follower of Jesus Christ like he wanted us to be. Get out on the journey. God, let us be open-handed with our any's and our all's and our best, no matter what those might be. We are dripping and soaked in your extravagance, Father. Help us to respond like the stories that you gave us in our guidebook. And let us live those kind of extravagant lives. We pray all of these things in Jesus' matchless name. And all of God's people said, Amen. Amen. Amen.